everything is fascinating in water and wastewater and wastewater even more because it's more challenging and every water is a new challenge and and water is not stagnant water changes all the time and so you when you design something you need to have enough flexibility in the process to address removal of different contaminants at different concentration different times my name is Tzachi Kat, and I'm a professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the Colorado School of Mines. You're listening to The Conveyor, the podcast that brings you the latest research, new discoveries, and world-changing ideas from Colorado School of Mines. Zahi, your work in direct potable reuse, or DPR, is a newer approach to clean water. What's the significance of DPR in relation to other techniques? Okay, so for that, I need to take one step back because there are different types of water reuse. I think the one that most people are really familiar with is the non-potable reuse. This is cleaning wastewater and then sending them back to the environment, either discharging it to a river uh, or reservoir. That's what's been done for many, many years. And then slowly people started cleaning the water to slightly higher quality and then using them for irrigation, for example, for cooling towers. So that's the non-potable reuse. Then we started with potable reuse. That means we can treat the water to even higher quality and use it for drinking. And, and that's where direct potable reuse and indirect potable reuse come to play, is taking the water, treat, treating them to very high quality, blending them back into the environment through what we call environmental buffer and it can be back into the groundwater or surface water let them mix with natural water and then pulling them back treating them in a water treatment plant and then putting them back into the distribution system in direct potable reuse it's what we call pipe to pipe so we treat the wastewater we send the treated wastewater to another advanced water treatment plants, you know, treating the water, and then we might directly drink this water or blend them with other clean water in the distribution system when it goes to the customers. So it's a lot less steps than indirect potable reuse. It's less step and there's practically potential for less contamination because if we send the treated water and this is high quality water and we are doing it already in Colorado, there's a chance that it, they will get contaminated again in the environment. So when we do pipe to pipe, there's less interference. We, we don't allow the water to get contaminated or touch other things again. Okay, so it's more streamlined and it adds a preventative component to cleaner water. So then why would a DPR system be beneficial for a state like Colorado? I mean, we've got good water, don't we? Yeah, and, and so in one way, we are we are very lucky that, you know, we are in a state that we have the Rocky Mountains that provide us a lot of water, and this is great. But the Colorado situation is that majority of the water is on the west slopes and majority of the population is on the east slope. And so we have a lot of water transfer from the west slopes to the east through different water conveyance systems, but it's not enough. And when we will have the big drought, not you know, now we are still we manage. If we won't have the infrastructure in place, we'll be in trouble. You know, we are we are inland state. We are not on the shore. We don't have like Texas and 
in Florida and California. We, we cannot tap the ocean to, you know, to get water. And so where, where do we get water? Either, either it's natural water that comes from the sky, it's groundwater, and that's it. So, so one of the options is here we have water. Let's reuse it again and again by treating the water to very high quality. And where does your recent research project come in? I hear it's on wheels. <laughs> yeah. So we were involved three years ago in a project that was led by Denver Water. They demonstrated direct potable reuse. And then two years ago, it started uh, again with uh, Colorado Springs Utilities that approached us and say, hey, we are going to do our demonstration and do you want to join us? And, uh, and of course, we said, you know, there's no chance that we're missing this opportunity. You know, we, we said yes immediately and we started, you know, we, we continue brainstorming on how can we do it and how can we take the different outcomes from previous studies and, and make them better. And that's when we started talking about, let's put it in a mobile concept that, yeah, we'll do a, a small study for Colorado Springs utilities and, and for their customers. But then we have a system that can move from one community to another to demonstrate to other communities that that's, that's possible. And we started working on that and we started talking and, and planning. And, and that's the point where we decided to submit a proposal to the open call of the Colorado Water Conservation Board for funding. And so they gave us uh, funding more, I think, f close to $350,000 to design and build uh, the system. Colorado Springs Utilities hired Corolla engineers to help with the design of the system. And School of Mines took upon ourselves to build the trailer. So we, we bought a 35-foot long cargo trailer. Some of the systems that's sitting inside, we bought them uh, as a package. Other system we built ourselves. And all the integration and the control system, the electrical and electronics and sensors, we all either build ourselves or install and integrated ourselves. Wow. So this is a first of its kind. Yeah. And I, I think what we heard from Corolla engineers that actually this is the only type of mobile DPR trailer in the world that they know of. And that's, you know, going back a little bit into technical details, and maybe it's a segue into talking a little bit about the technologies. Yes, please. Most DPR systems use reverse osmosis as one of the main barriers to stop small contaminants. Our system doesn't have reverse osmosis system. So it's a non- desalination, non-reverse osmosis, direct potable reuse, which is very unique. And it's unique for very specific locations. So a trailer like that might not work, for example, for Phoenix or other places in Arizona, maybe in New Mexico, where in addition to other contaminants in wastewater, you have a lot of salt in the water. The only way to remove salt, you know, it can be, again, it can be just regular sodium chloride, but can be other different minerals, most of the processes that we have in the trailer cannot re remove them. You have to use some kind of desalination process like reverse osmosis or nanofiltration. 
in Colorado and many other states, we are lucky that our impaired water doesn't have much salt. So we don't need to remove salt from the water. We can use our processes without desalination step in the middle. And, and just, just to, you know, to note here that, you know, if you do have salt and it won't impact any of the processes in our mobile lab, you can take the effluent or the, the clean water coming out of this trailer, feed it into reverse osmosis or nanofiltration, and you produce clean and, and even better water at even lower cost because all the pretreatment that you need usually before or ahead of, of uh, desalination membranes is done in this trailer. So the, even the energy costs associated with desalination will be reduced if we use our trailer. Looking towards the future, what sort of unique techniques or benefits, other than clean water, will come from this work, the bells and whistles, if you will? We stuffed the trailer with a lot of technologies beyond the treatment technologies. Some of the things that we are really unique about it is that we installed many water quality sensors there. So we purchased uh, and installed three sensor network that in real time collect a lot, a lot of data on what happened to the water along this train of processes. So we measure the simple things like you know temperatures, the flows and pressure, but also concentration of ammonia, nitrite, nitrate, dissolved oxygen, pH, particle, we have a particle counter, even UV spectrum, a lot of things that we will use in separate projects in what we call data science integration to learn about the process and how we can improve the process, improve the efficiency of the process through analyzing the data that the process is, is generating. And then, you know, we'll have to see how, what's the demand from communities for something like that. We, we know how to build it. We can build another one tomorrow, but it highly depends how it will be used. So many questions and, and great research projects. And the sky's the limit here. To learn more about this project in civil and environmental engineering at Mines, visit cee.mines.edu. Thanks for listening to The Conveyor. To learn more about how Colorado School of Mines is solving some of the world's biggest engineering and scientific challenges, visit mines.edu and then join us back here for our next episode. This episode of The Conveyor was produced by Ashley Spurgeon, hosted and edited by Dan and Cox.